Hello, everybody. I'm the Common Sense American, and I have this little show where I talk about things that bother me or things that I think America should be doing or shouldn't be doing. It's very simple, actually, and I'm not a politician. I'm certainly not a leader. Uh, I just say what I see, and surprisingly, a lot of people agree. Um, probably not a lot of people around where I am, considering I live in a liberal hellhole. Um, but I have we noticed that it's August? The uh, presidential election is just a few months away, and I still think we're not, I don't know, it seems as if people are not paying quite as much attention to it just yet. It's possible because debates keep getting delayed and or possibly canceled, and Biden is just not saying much of anything besides throwing up a few tweets attacking the president, which is he and all any other Democrat knows how to do. Uh, I think that one of the things we have to remember is that this is an exceedingly important election, uh, perhaps even more so than the last one when we were risking Hillary Clinton, um, because, well, let's face it, Biden is basically incompetent. And the mere fact that there are millions of people out there who are still willing to vote for him tells you just how far Trump derangement syndrome has spread and just how brainless so many people are right now. Uh, and just how willing they are to believe absolutely anything that the media tells them. Um, so as we inch closer to this election, and we look towards the future, and we consider what may or may not be uh, possible for this country. Are we going to recover entirely from this COVID thing? Is that even possible? Are we going to be slipping faster towards socialism? Is that going to be a major concern if Biden gets in? Uh, we have already heard the, uh, we, we know that the, uh, just this week, the uh, Revolutionary Communist Party of, of America endorsed him. They basically said he's not better than Trump, but hey, we got to get Trump out because, you know, he's fascist. Well, <laughs> communists apparently aren't, whatever. Uh, socialists uh, definitely like... Um, uh, on, the, on the far left, definitely want him in there because he can be manipulated, he can be played, he can be toyed with like a puppet. The uh, Marxist leader, I forget her name, I think uh, Angela Davis, I believe, said exactly that. Uh, it was either last week or the week before that we want Biden there because he can be manipulated. He can be pressured into caving to far left viewpoints. And of course he can. He's barely alive. Um, is that your number one concern? And that's actually the premise for today. What is your number one concern moving forward? We all have concerns. We all have worries. We worry about the economy. We worry about healthcare. We worry about immigration. We worry about all these things we've pretty much been worrying about for a long time now. Um, are you worried about the long-term economic impact of these trillion-dollar stimulus relief bills? Um, are, are you worried most about uh, basically becoming a socialist country. And by the way, I hate to tell you this, but we are already kind of there. Our healthcare is socialist in a lot of ways. Um, if you look into it, you'll see that and why, and that's a big reason why it's broken. Um, but I, I was wondering what my uh, number one concern is moving forward. And I was out today, I was just getting a haircut, I think for the first time since February, I'm uh, doing some self-trimming myself, but I just couldn't handle this anymore. So I broke down and wore a mask and did that. It's it it's sort of like you know getting a haircut in you know, during the Inquisition or something like it's the freaking plague. But anyway, um, I I I did that and I'm there's a 
a lot of young people out. Uh, obviously, it's summer, um, so they're not in school, and, and apparently none of them work anyway. The ones who should be, um, and I, you know, I every time I look at them, and again, I'm speaking from the perspective of someone who lives in a Democrat. Uh, dominated state, especially in the area that I'm in. So I'm more prone to seeing this. And you'll you probably see uh, something a little different where you are would be my guess, unless you live in uh, San Francisco or Portland or something. Um, but, and I've done podcasts on this before, I've, I've noted the shocking slowness of younger people. I just turned 42 and these people who should be running circles around me, they should be running rings around old people. That's what young people do. They have all the verve and gusto and go get them. And that, they had that or they're supposed to. And they got nothing. These are the, they, they slump around everywhere. They're, and they seem shockingly slow-witted. They're just staring at their damn phones all the time. They barely speak. They, they barely move. They, they, they drive like they're 85 years old. This is not the way teenagers and young adults used to be. I think people who are older than me can certainly attest to that. My grandparents, you know, can certainly attest to that. And if you look back through the generations, of course, there's always, older people are always at odds with younger people. I understand that. Uh, however, the difference is significant in that before they were sort of just, you know, especially during 40s, 50s, 60s, they were, they were just running ragged. They were, they really were full of all this energy and they did get caught for speeding tickets and they'd be flying all over the place, bouncing off the walls. This is what young people did. Now they're not moving at all. And even more significantly, they're not growing up, which is why we have 30 and 40 year olds uh, sitting at home with their parents and not wanting to work and perfectly willing to let the government pay for them. Or in this, actually, there is no such thing as taxpayer money without taxpayers, so they're just living off everybody else. And they believe that's perfectly fine. They believe that a 25-hour work week for 100 grand a year should be with, you know, four weeks paid vacation should be absolutely mandatory for some such nonsense. Uh, so really what concerns me most is the up-and-coming generation. And I don't understand why they can't see it why they can't just look around at themselves, look in a mirror, notice what you do on a daily basis and realize this is not, the, 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 you are supposed to be at the, in the prime of your life. You are supposed to be, have all these plans. You are supposed to be moving. You are supposed to be on top of your game. This is it. This is where you are at the absolute peak of your lifetime and you're not doing anything. None of these people appear to be doing anything, appear to have any real urgency to do anything, any real goals. They, they, and they repeat everything they've just heard. They have no brains of their own. And I, I've said before that this is what happens when the education system is all dominated by leftists. All it is an agenda now that has nothing to do with education. Entertainment is entirely dominated by the left. And then you've got the media entirely dominated by the left. And what do young people, what, what is in front of them every single second of the day, which is basically the internet or their phones or their devices, screens, whatever, they're being fed this 24-7, constantly. And they partake of all the new entertainment. They're the ones who are looking at all the new, oh, okay, well, we got this to do, we got that to do, right? We got, we got look, look at the terrible things that are happening in, I don't know, Arkansas, because it's so racist. All they do is they listen to CNN and MSNBC. They've got all the news coming at them. 
but they're they're believing everything they hear. They don't believe in alternative media. They don't believe that there's anything else out there. This is how they're functioning. This is they they believe everything they're told. And you can notice in the eyes of people who are more sheep than anything else. They got nothing. They have nothing in their eyes that's a spark of individuality, a spark of original thought. They're just going to parrot everything that they hear. And I suppose when you're inundated uh, in that way for the majority of your life, you know, you go to school, you come home, no matter where it is, it's right in front of you. Even when you indulge in your entertainment, it's right there. That agenda is there. The message is there. You cannot get away from it. And the message is not, oh, we think this is the best way. The message is, this is the best way. And anybody who disagrees needs to be taken out. That is the dirty little secret. And they're all buying into this. If you look at the people who are, you know, for example, comprise Antifa and who people who are rising, most of these uh, violent rioters and protesters, they're all very young. These aren't 50-year-olds. Now, yes, granted, that's usually the case. Like I said, older people and young people tend to clash, and the younger people tend to be rising up against the evils of society. But this is a very different thing. And if, if you have any difficulty understanding why, let me, let me explain just for a second here. The way education is supposed to work is that we are supposed to open young minds into to new ideas and encourage them to have ideas of their own. If you want to lay out the problems of society, fine, that's what you're supposed to do. And then you're supposed to give them an option and say, hey, look, this is what one side believes, this is what another side believes. What do you believe? That is not what's happening. So when we see people at these protests and riots, if you ask them, what do you stand for? What do you stand against? What are your ideas for fixing what you deem to be problematic? They can't answer you. They can't answer because drones can't answer. All they can do is spit back what they've been told. Not any ideas of their own. They don't have any. They are told not to have any. It's, it's endemic. It's, it's right at the core of the messages that are being sent in education and media and entertainment. It says that you shouldn't be, we've done the thinking for you. Don't worry about it. This is right. This is wrong. This is what you believe. Anything else, then you are evil. And that is why when you ask people, young people, what they're railing against, usually they'll just scream obscenities at you like they're a brain dead dog. They don't even have the comprehension to embrace the issue and speak intelligently about it. They have no answers. All they do is flip, Trump is racist, Trump is racist, Trump is fascist, everybody's fascist, white people bad, white people bad. They don't have anything to back that up. Especially in recent years, we have come so far. The idea that we live in this incredibly racist world now, the only way that's true is with white people at the bottom of the uh, dumpster, basically. And we all know that. All the evidence points to that, but they don't understand that. They, are, they only believe what they're told. You hear about, for example, a, a, uh, if you go up and say, uh, you're a college student. Did you hear about the white conservative college student who was getting death threats and had to leave school? No, of course they didn't. They didn't hear it. And because they didn't hear it, you know what else? They don't believe you. Because it didn't come from CNN, because it didn't come from MSNBC, 
they don't believe you. They don't believe that ever happened. They don't believe anything that they don't want to believe. And the media is very, very careful to continue to feed them things that they do want to believe. They do not want to feed them anything else because that would be uh, contrasting messages. It would confuse them. They can't afford, they can't be confused. These people are too stupid. They cannot be confused. If they're confused, then they won't vote. We need them to vote. We need them to vote one way. Therefore, we need to keep hammering the same agenda. There can be no deviation in the message. This is what scares me most about young people, that they're not willing to open their minds and do their own work, do their own research, use their own minds and own brains. They are simply bowing to every power that's around them. And what I find ironic about that is, for example, when my parents were growing up, my parents were children of the 60s, the whole premise of that was don't believe what the government tells you. Do not believe what the man tells you. Don't believe everything that all the high powers uh, that be will tell you. Don't believe that, and certainly don't believe anything that's coming out of Hollywood. And, you know, don't distrust your teachers. Distrust what's going on in schools. It's completely switched. It is now a complete 180. Now they believe everything. Right down to the letter. Not questioning. Doesn't matter, provided they, it comes from what they quote-unquote believe is a quote-unquote valid source. That's it. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter how many times that source has had to recant or apologize for spreading false information, for make, getting a story completely wrong, which has happened dozens of times across all the major networks in recent years, and they still don't care. Why? Because those are not really highly publicized. You know, CNN or, or whoever, the New York Times might run a little correction somewhere on page 18 or at 2 in the morning about how, oh, well, we, we weren't quite right about this, sorry, about four seconds of it, and that's it. They're not going to advertise that they were wrong. They're not going to own up to it like, you know, real men and women and professionals who say, yes, we were wrong, we apologize, we led you astray, that's our bad. No, they're not going to do that. They have a message to send. That's what concerns me most. Now, as a follow-up, I'm going to add one other thing, because the young people are so at risk, they're so easily influenced, and they were raised in an era of endless information being pumped into their brains, and maybe they've just reached a point where they, there is no room left for original thought. Who knows? We may find in the future that this endless assault of information does not allow for the brain to function normally on an individual basis. Who knows? But aside from that, so I don't blame them entirely, by the way. I just want to make that clear. They're, they're at the mercy of all these powers. Um, but the other thing I want to say, speaking of the media, uh, recently, an, you've probably seen the story, an MSNBC uh, producer quit uh, saying basically that she just couldn't take it anymore and that it's very, very clear that uh, they were not being professional about anything, that the stories that they were selecting and the headlines they were running were explicitly designed for only one purpose, and that's just for ratings. Um, I've been saying that for years. The instant journalism went big business was the instant you had to stop believing them because they have a particular audience. They have to sell to that particular audience. If they cannot sell to that audience, they cannot be in business. Now, that is why the New York Times is completely loaded page upon page, cover to cover, of all liberal insanity. 
it's just transgender and gay from here to there, all immigrants good, all, especially illegals, oh, they're so great. They just ran a story about how these poor people in New York couldn't deal because of COVID and that they had five people in the house and they weren't getting enough money. They just gloss right over the fact that they were illegals and shouldn't be getting anything anyway. But this is what we're, this is, this is the spin. You can spin that story any number of ways. And look how they're always going to spin it one way. The media will spin it one way so they can sell that headline, so they can sell their newspapers, so they can sell their screen time, so they can make sure that you are watching on television. But their audience, they know their audience. They know who's, who's consuming their product. If you go against the grain and you start going all unbiased and objective, oh, well, see, they know this is more proof and more evidence that, that, that uh, liberals and Democrats cannot handle, cannot handle dissenting opinion. Because if they could, then they could handle objectivity from their chosen uh, networks, news networks, and they can't. Every time they try it, they get ripped to shreds. They cannot do it. They know that to stay in business, they have to produce a certain narrative. Which means taking every single fact of every single story and manipulating it and tweaking it to the point where it will be easily digestible by an increasingly dumbed-down populace. It, that was another point. The MSNBC producer who quit said very clearly, you know, facts are cumbersome, quote, cumbersome for much of the American public. And unfortunately, that's true. We're, we're, we're just being getting dumber and dumber as the years go on. And it's evident in everything. It's evident in all forms of society. And they're noticing this and they're taking advantage of it. Of it. They're tapping into the fact that everybody's operating entirely on emotion, especially their audience. If you get them riled up enough, if you just say Trump bad, everything else good, enough, they're going to believe it and they're going to be mad about it. You can incite mass hysteria from the media. Go back to the... They will believe anything. You can get them to believe it. If it sounds real... If they believe in the authority of the person saying it or the source from whence it comes, they are going to believe and they're going to react violently, as we have seen. Dating all the way back, what was it, 78 years ago now, to uh, Orson Welles' broadcast of, um, you know, the aliens invading. It was, it, was, it was obviously theater, but so many people believed it. They believed it because it was so convincing, the dialogue on the radio, and it was the radio. You hear a convincing, authoritative voice on the radio that is telling you to be afraid of something you're going to be afraid. And this is how they're using it. They've been using this for that for the COVID thing for months. Fear sells better than anything. Sells far better than, oh, we're doing much better. People are recovering. No one's buying that paper. No one's turning tuning into that on CNN. They're tuning in and they're buying that paper when everything is bad, when cases are spiking back up. When, you know, again, supposedly, we have to keep selling a certain narrative. Trump is going to lose. We're going to buy that. Trump and Biden sort of even in polls, we're not buying that. They want to sell something that will sell. Hence, they have no choice but to sort of manipulate everything they get. Now, I'm not defending them. I'm just saying this is what you do to stay in business. If I was in charge of these businesses, I would have to do the same thing. Otherwise, you lose your business. If you want to change, fundamentally change, and go back to objectivity and integrity and simply give people the news and allow them to uh, make their own decisions, 
you're going to have to basically rebuild. You're going to lose a good portion of your audience. And during that span of time, you're probably going to be doing a lot of layoffs and you're going to have to rebuild from there and hope that there are enough independent people out there, enough people with brain capacity left to appreciate straight reporting and integrity in journalism who will continue to watch you or pick up your paper or whatever. Now, I don't even know if there are enough people left to do that because, let's face it, people both on the left and right really only want to hear things that will confirm their own beliefs. The giant echo chamber that, that uh, journalism has become is not helping. Social media is even worse. So that concerns me as well. The, the fact that media is still being seen as this authority when, in fact, they're selling a product and that product has to sell and we're not acknowledging that that's all that is. That it is no longer journalism and nothing to do with it. Yes, that's number two. Just because the young people are the future and always will be of any society, of any generation, that concerns me more than anything because they are showing signs of being simple drones. Nothing more than drones. Nothing more than puppets. Marionettes. Saying, yeah, yeah, no, whatever you say. And yes, I will react with hostility and violence. And I don't care. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. I'm right, you're wrong. And if you don't agree with me, I'm taking a bat to your head. This is how they are acting because this is how they were raised. This is the information that has been drilled into their heads. I'm not saying that teachers in the media and entertainment are saying, oh, we want you to wage war. What I'm saying is that the subtle underlying messages in all of those uh, segments of society are indeed saying that. They are saying that there is. this is not about, uh, you know, uh, a difference of opinion. This is about you being, oh, this is about liberal right, you know, progressive right, and everybody else wrong. And they need to be eliminated or they need to be re-educated. You've got the people in Chicago, you've got leaders in Chicago already saying that they want current history books ditched and they want to suspend history classes until they find a more suitable solution because, you know, it somehow promotes racism and white privilege or some such goddamn awful nonsense that no one can even, no educated person can even begin to wrap their mind around. So we have these two things. These are the things that I worry about most. I, I imagine you're probably in the same boat. I don't know. Maybe you worry more about the economy or maybe you just worry more about Trump losing. I don't know. Uh, but feel free to let me know. Uh, you know, contact me on Twitter. It's perfectly fine. I don't mind. Um, if you have any ideas for future shows as well, I'm, I'm always op uh, open to those ideas. Uh, again, please uh, subscribe if you have a chance. It's I just do this one show each week. I'm not going to be sending you emails or anything like that. And I don't endless ads are going to be popping up on your screen. Uh, it's always free. And I don't do ads in my shows and I don't do explicit content. So if you're willing to um, uh, toss me a like or, or a follow on Facebook as well, I know I hate that platform too. Uh, but if you're willing to do that, that's always appreciated. And uh, again, thank you for your time. And I will see you again next week. Goodbye.